Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to WrestleWolf. Uh, this is reconsidering Nitro. Is that right? We've got so yeah, many shows right. now. I can't remember. The, I can't remember <laughs> the titles of them. I'm Dr. David Gibson, and joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in kayfabe and nothing else. It doesn't matter how many emails you send us; we will not deal in anything other than kayfabe, except when we're not dealing with kayfabe. It's Sir Matthew Kayfabe. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I live a very siloed life, uh, so I can sort of like put my kayfabe-ness uh, aside and talk about Dave Meltzer. But I prefer to prefer to live in kayfabe. It's much more it's much more pleasant here. Um, sometimes things happen without making any sense mm. whatsoever because they're never explained on television, and I don't have any questions on that. I'm a I'm a very forgiving and easygoing person. Hmm. I've only been into the land of kayfabe a few times when you've invited me, and it's a lot like the best way to describe it is when uh, remember when Homer eats that super hot chili. Yeah, and everything kind of turns into a Dali painting, and he follows the talking fox. It's a lot like that. There's a, there's a few things that are different from the real world in there. Um, Chris Benoit's in the kayfabe Hall of Fame, uh, which mm-hmm. you know because he just you know retired on the top of his career and uh that's fine um you know hulk hogan's not a racist unfortunately roddy piper is (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) that's so yep 
those those are those are those are you know just some of the some of the different things about living in the world of kayfabe mm, mm, mm. to access kay the world of kayfabe uh you just climb under your bed at 3 33 in the morning and there'll be a little portal that opens up and you just come in yeah big blue monster comes and grabs you and um oh, hang on that's monsters Inc. <laughs> and don't worry about Jimmy Snooker because he's not going to murder you in the land of kayfabe. No, can't. Didn't happen in kayfabe. That's exactly in real right. life, though. Monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, if you see Jimmy Snooker, get under your bed immediately. <laughs> get into the land of kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> get Where the out only of real is life. <laughs> and into kayfabe. <laughs> Remember that song? Beautiful. I, I, I do. That, that's my new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we having a meltdown at the beginning of? Oh, you want one at the beginning? Yes. Do you want to do it at the beginning that. or the end? I thought we were doing yeah. it at the beginning. We always do it at the beginning, so we should do it at the beginning. Hmm. Um, Dave points out that uh, Blood Runs Cold uh, is not uh, going to be Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and is going to be a martial arts gimmick. Uh that's a, that's a good call, Dave. Um, that's right. Uh, Adam Bomb denies he's going to be going to WCW as part of uh, Blood Runs Cold. Uh, there's rumours that Hakushi would be part of the three-man team of Blood Runs Cold. Uh, but Dave <laughs> thinks that's probably not right. Uh, Renegade was just... making it up. <laughs> he is making it up. That's great. Yep. Uh, Renegade <laughs> was dispatched from the company. Uh, oh, No. I liked Renegade. <laughs> you lunatic. Uh, Kevin Green <laughs> and Steve McMichael were training all week at the power plant with Terry T- Taylor. Uh, well, reports that'll, that'll, that'll do it. A week's training. Off you go, boys. Go and wrestle Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> McMichael was doing well uh, as far as personality goes. Well, Green was a little bit shy, but he was ahead athletically. Um and they're te- apparently teaching um, right. McMichael to do a moonsault as his finisher. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. Chavito Guerrero got a tryout at the Nitro mm-hmm. tapling- tapings, but we haven't heard how he did. Um, he might pop up in the future. Uh, mm. the, Chavito. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a nice little... Um, oh, they're talking about bringing in Chris Jericho later in the year. I hope they don't just, do that. He's terrible. Yeah, he's just a fat old man. Um, at virtually every WWF and WCW paper, pay-per-view event, whether the show is good or bad, people usually delude themselves into thinking it was a great show. However, nobody in the company was deluding themselves about how bad the Battle Bowl aspect of the PP, PPV was oh, and how dead it was for page done. winning. There's someone I mean, outside of the company 25 years later who's deluding themselves about it. Look, look, you know the uh, the Waterboy song, The Hole of the Moon? Uh, <laughs> that's, about, that's about me, you know what I mean? <laughs> you are the hole of the moon? Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, Dave thinks about flying and I just flew. And like, I can see, I can see the whole picture, you know what I mean? Whereas Dave can't. Dave's bloody making up uh, factions that never existed. (laughs) 
You leave his very, very shonky reporting on Blood Runs Cold <laughs> out of this, damn it. Look, Paying like 11 bucks know, a month for this. The only thing we know when Blood Run Cold, when Bloods Run Cold, is that my angel's a cinephile. That's, that's the only <laughs> thing. That's the only thing we know for sure. That song, uh, Angel is a Centerfold, uh, which mm-hmm. tells the story of a man who uh, has a lost love and then finds out she's in softcore pornography and potentially some kind of Playboy uh, spread, and he's yeah. uh, horrified by it. I suspect that's not uh, that's not landing in twenty twenty one. Oh, you don't think you don't think the girls at Mamma Mia would be into that chain? I think people would be relatively upset. Like, why can't this person just uh, accept that this woman's, you know, doing doing her job, blah blah, which is which is fair. Um, but you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm. He'd have to be like, my blood continues to run perfectly warm. Congratulations <laughs> to her for uh, being so the centerfold. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's a, it's a real achievement to be the centerfold. My, my angel blood is runs the, the same. I'm super <laughs> happy about her body positivity. My angel is a centerfold. <laughs> Doesn't really have the same ring, eh? Oh, I don't know. And the, the verse about the fact how he's not really, like, he doesn't look at pornography, but he's fine with people who do as long as it's respectful and that, that financially, you know. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's it's got legs. Yeah, 100%. Let's redo it. Angel is a centerfold to 2021. <laughs> I think we could do a bunch of Australian songs from the 70s and 80s that need an update. Like, I think Jump In My Car by the Ted Mulry Gang um, mm. probably needs a massive update. Like, I suspect... Jump In uh, My Car. I want to drive you home. He says, I want to drive you home. Yeah, but That's then cool. he, he, he actively, he actively uh, lies to her to try and get her in the car. And have you, then, seen, like, you, know, have you seen Ted Mulry, though? I mean, that, that seems on brand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess you could say if Ted Mulry is playing a, uh, a, 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 a cautionary character in this song, but I think he's just playing himself. He, For anyone who doesn't know who Ted Mulry is, just think of the uh, uh, John, uh, is it John Jarrett's character from Wolf Creek. That's pretty much yes. spot on. Yeah. The, um, he just Jumping had a... He had a cat. Cat. I want to drive you home. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's a, it, it is legitimately terrifying. I'm into anyone that has a band that's just their own name with the term gang after it. <laughs> it's a dead Mulry gang. There was a lot of that, like the nitty gritty dirt band. And like, that's such a, this such seventies <laughs> title band names, you know? Well, actually like there is a, a bit of a wrestling, um, tie into the Ted Mulry gang because um, very few people know that George Gray was actually part of the uh, Ted Mulry gang and then he left mm-hmm. um, and struck out on his own as a solo artist where he became the one-man gang. Yeah. I, it's a... I, don't, I don't know if that's a joke that you've written or if that's oh, real. It's a joke. I'm going to go with option A and I love it. I bloody love it. What are some <laughs> other Aussie songs that need to be updated? Oh Christ! This is now I'm on. Um, now I'm oh, really Christ on, on a uh, stick. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I mean, there, there's, there's, 
probably almost all of them would be a good starting point. Um, mm. Like the Saints can get away with the Saints are fine, the go betweens are fine. Uh, Nick Cave's probably. Skyhooks oh. don't have any problematic lyrics, right? <laughs> well, I, I would argue I don't know that if the, they actually the, do. The Ligon Street Limbo, um, no one's buying drugs in Carlton anymore, so like it would need to be about Fitzroy um, mm. when when the sun comes over Smith Street and you're out to make a deal. Uh, check out who you're talking to, make sure that they're, they're for real. I think that fits. Oh, I know mind. what song you couldn't do anymore is Smut. Mm. <laughs> yeah, song about literally sticking your dick in a popcorn box. And just waiting until the girl you're on a date with finds your erect penis. Which has That's anyone actually? That's pretty has problematic. Ever, has anyone actually ever done that? Red Simons has apparently. That's what. <laughs> that's what this. <laughs> uh, is is um is uh, you just like me because I'm good in bed? Is that a? I mean, is that a very woke song? I think that's actually kind of a woke song. Hmm. You just like me because I give you some head. You know, you just like me because I'm good yeah. in bed. It's, you know. Kind of, you know, Shirley Strawn reversing the gender roles in 1972. Mm. What a fucking visionary. It says a lot about this episode of Nitro that we're currently talking about <laughs> the Skyhooks. <laughs> yeah, guys, <clears throat> um, press pause now. Go and listen to all the Skyhooks albums. Come back, <laughs> be like, be like, why did you make me do that? And we'll now start talking about. <laughs> we'll now start talking about the episode. Um, we got a recap of Mongo and Kevin Green uh, getting in the face of uh, Rick Thank and uh, Arn wearing a, na- a nappy. Uh, we cut to the comms desk. Uh, do you want to see what Eric who we, and who we got there? Bobby came as. Yes. So uh, Eric's Eric's dressed as Tom Cruise from The Outsiders, <laughs> and uh, he has that vibe about him actually. In this episode, a hundred percent. Like it hit me straight away. It's like, man, that outfit looks some. I was trying like, and then it just it was like, oh, The Outsiders. But then I couldn't remember which outsider it was. So I had to look it up at this time. <laughs> um, that cast is amazing, man. Kevin Bacon, yeah, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise. Emilio Estevez and Ralph Macchio. I mean, one of these kids is doing the right thing. But, uh, you know, the rest of those guys are huge. I mean, Ralph Macchio is in the karate kid movies. But, yeah. um, holy shit, what a fucking unbelievable. And they Tom became... Cruise, I didn't realise Tom Cruise had so much dental work done. I'm a, I'm a Tom Cruise fan as an actor. I, I'm legitimately... Legitimately, at the moment, my favourite podcast is a, a sort of weird, overproduced podcast called Meeting Tom Cruise, where these two actors who love Tom Cruise just talk to people who've met Tom Cruise. The uh, the bit in Magnolia when uh, Tom Cruise's uh, facade drops when he's being interviewed by that woman. Uh, first of all, Magnolia Most real piece did. Of acting ever. That's unbelievable <laughs> in cinema like, history. The uh, the 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 fact that Magnolia did pick up artists about like ten years before the game became a thing, mm. and you know the 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 tame the pussy and respect the cock, um, you know the the like that 
the fact that Tom Cruise played that character is unbelievable. And, you know, one of the great what ifs is if he decided, to, like, you know, he was going to be like Brad Pitt and just do good movies rather than action movies. But anyway, he's great. He's, he's good. Yeah. But he also makes good, like, I feel like he's one of the few people making good action movies. So yeah. it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, as a fan of mindless, you know, action movies with practical mm. effects and all that kind of thing, I'm glad that Tom Cruise chose that because he's essentially the only man in, or person in Hollywood making those films, you know. Like, um, I cannot wait for the Top Gear, uh, Top Gear, Top Gun sequel. <laughs> I can. Top Gear sequel. I cannot wait to see Jeremy Clarkson back on TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I like his views. I like it, the cut of his jib. Love everything about it. I love the uh, the very laid-back racism of Top Gear. Um, <laughs> watch the first two minutes of Top Gear in Mexico to find out what we're talking about if you don't. If you're like, Top Gear, those guys aren't racist. Fine, Top Gear goes to Mexico. It's literally in the first minute and a half of that episode. You'll be like, oh, gross, you'll never watch Top Gear ever again. Um, Bobby is dressed as Matt Berry's Dixon Bainbridge from the first season of Mighty Bush. <laughs> yeah, A+. plus. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, Fire and Ice versus the Steiners. Um, one, of this t- one of these tag teams is really good. Uh, the others is, is the Steiners. No, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, <laughs> This breaks down. Both teams get DQ'd. Meh. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair. Um, now we, I've already told you about uh, Elizabeth's um, range of spew buckets that she's got for when yes. Rick touches her. Um, the crowd's really behind Eddie. Uh, I, this match goes for 20 minutes, which is awesome. Um, mm. And, I, like, I haven't been into Ric Flair for a while, uh, which is an understatement. Um this was an awesome match. This was one of the best yeah. matches I've seen on Nitro. Uh, in on Nitro, uh, you know, we've watched every episode since we've been doing point. the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a and, really uh, enjoyable match. And I thought it was amazing because later on we're going to get potentially one of the worst matches I've seen on Nitro. Uh, as we move on, but uh, Richard uh, and uh, and and Edward do a remarkable remarkable job like that i it's also just great that they gave them 20 minutes they were just like hey let's just have you know this giant portion of our show be a great match between a massive star and an emerging star yeah i know we're um sort of taking things less and less seriously as as the podcast goes on but you know the initial um premise of the podcast was to try and point out that wcw was great and why it was great. And this is another, you know, homegrown talent in Eddie Guerrero. Well, maybe not homegrown, but definitely, like, you know, a, a young talent that WCW were pushing, and they're giving him 20 minutes with Ric Flair mm. on the first, you know, sort of feature-length Nitro. Yeah. And it's working. The crowd, like, the crowd's popping. and I mean, crowds always loved Eddie Guerrero, always. Whether it was a face or a heel, like everyone was always on Eddie's side. Um, mm. But I didn't really realize it happened this early. Like this is really was really cool and interesting for me to to see that. Especially again, I mean, Ripley is mm. so hated at the moment because he's being such a dick <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and a really good match, obviously. I mean, that goes without yeah. saying. Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero in the ring. Um, 
that match ends. Rick gets the win, and uh oh, Rick's on fucking commentary now. Um, so we've got Rick and Bobby on commentary, and uh, they seem to be really enjoying doing commentary together. I feel I actually feel quite sorry for Eric, who is le- <laughs> trying to do legitimate commentary, but knows he has two guys at the desk that he can't control, and that they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. Bobby's doing sight gags with champagne. Uh, Rick's constantly talking about uh, the woman and Elizabeth's boobs. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's it, he he came Eric came across as a fill-in teacher. Yeah, it, it people criticize Eric Bischoff for the way he treated Ric Flair, um, and some of that might be genuine. Um, and you know, we've just said Ric Flair had maybe the best match in Nitro history uh, earlier. But far out, Ric Flair as a personality is really, really hard to watch. Yeah, he's um, heinously unlikable at the moment. Mm. Um, I, I know he sort of comes back later this year and early next year as like a face, sort of almost GM type character. And I did like him then at the time. So it would be interesting to see if we're yeah, being think that... worked by one of the best in the game at the moment where it's like mm. we think we're being super heel uh, super um meta marks where we get it all and blah blah but really we're just being fucking worked by the best performer of all time <laughs> you know like yeah it could just be that it could just be like in six months time we're like you know it's the best replay <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll have to say um no, I think um, the I after reading Jim Ross's book and hearing some stories about Rick in that, um, pretty hard to respect him. No, like he would just show his dick to women and stuff like that. And, yeah, stuff that you would a hundred percent just get cancelled for. Yeah, stuff, out of so. a 19, uh, stuff out of a nineteen seventies Australian song. Yeah, yeah, or a frat movie. But yeah, next up we've got the Face of the Fear versus Sting and Luger. Uh, the crowd loves Sting. I've got a question for you. Is Lex mm. Luger the Roman Reigns of 1996? No. <laughs> I reckon he might be. Uh, Rick's, no, in well, Rick's in the just, polyamory. Just, uh, yeah, God, <laughs> you didn't even need to say it, mate. We all know. Roman Reigns can work. Uh, well, Lex Luger's oh. not very good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, on commentary, Rick's talking about how into polyamory he is because he says Liz is into Luger and he's cool with it. I just thought that was a very... I mean, we just sort of had a go at Rick, but he's also very forward-thinking when it comes to... He's down with OPP. <laughs> the relationships. Uh, guess what? Sting and Lex get the win. Yawn. Um, this was what? my favourite segment of the episode. Macho Man's still trying to get into the building. <laughs> and, uh, someone should have pointed out to him uh, that the loading bay that was in shot uh, was a possible way for Macho to get into the building. <laughs> I mean, you might as well have just had, like, workmen bringing bits of the ring in and out through that loading bay. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man's banging on the door <laughs> trying to get in. He's like, there's no way for me to get into this ring. Me, 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 truck backing out of a loading bay that's in shot. 
yeah, I uh... Oh, man, God, I love watching this show sometimes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, there's a meeting about whether Macho's uh, going to get to stay in WCW. Mean Gene doing some great running off camera here after Macho. I really love this. Like, I love this promo because of <laughs> shitty camera work, but also uh, Macho and Mean Gene doing some good work here. I really enjoyed it. Next up, we've got uh, DDP versus Brad Armstrong. DDP gets the win. Mean Gene comes into the ring to interview him. And uh, we, he gets told that because one of his feet touched the ground in the battle bowl, that he's not getting the title shot. He gets to keep the ring. So he's still water the ring, but that means fucking nothing. And uh, guess who's getting the title shot? Roman Reigns. Who's getting the title shot? I I thought uh, <laughs> uh, wouldn't it make sense for the barbarian uh, who was the second last person in the in the yeah, battle like, bowl to get that shot? The only thing I feel like this might be where DDP really gets over with the crowd because you like even though he's a heel right now, it's so it's one of these booking decisions that's so obvious that mm. the crowd are going to be like, oh, I'd fuck. Off. Are you see Lex Luger? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it's yeah, it's a very shameless <laughs> kicking Daniel Bryan in the head after eight seconds kind of booking type thing. Like I legitimately was watching Nitro and going, "What? It's Are you serious <laughs> about something that happened twenty five I... years ago?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it is because we know DDP is going to get over and be a big star. It is sort of frustrating that they've uh, paused on him for now. Well, yeah, especially when you consider who they're replacing him. You know what I mean? That's fucking Lex Luger. Like, no. How about Sting? You need. We need to see another Lex Luger giant match, mate. Okay. Like, Uh, as Conrad would say, who's booking this shit? (laughs) Who is booking this shit? I don't know at this point. Um, oh, Conrad's uh, advertising uh, on um, NWA Power. Oh, yeah, wow. Save with, all the matches that's... are brought to you by Save with Conrad. I was like, oh, that's cool that he's putting money into NWA. Anyway, um, hmm. he's going to end up owning a wrestling promotion one day, Conrad. He's such a super fan. He'll just yeah, end absolutely. up buying NWA or some shit. Uh, next one. He's like not as rich but still rich Tony Khan. I feel like he's getting there. He'll get there eventually, you know. He's all he he's just constantly selling. <laughs> Do you? He's got to have more money than Billy Corgan, right? Conrad. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I mean, Billy Corgan is a proper rock star. I mean, we because we continue to follow his career, we we kind of joke around about him. But mm. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins songs would be getting play all over the world constantly all the time, right? Like, he would just be getting residuals from all over the place. Wouldn't he? Or well, I... particularly by, by you on your on your Smashing Pumpkins radio. <laughs> you, your pirate ship off the UK coast. Well, you know, when I'm not... I've got to fill my day somehow, and, you know, there's only so much wrestling I can watch, so the rest of the time it's Smashing Pumpkins pirate radio. <laughs> the world is a vampire. <laughs> 
Next up, we've got Arne Anderson versus the Giant for the World Championship. Rick is on commentary and he says, don't worry, something really big is going to happen in this match. Um, and then it doesn't and the Giant wins. This <laughs> is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Did I imagine that? Rick was basically saying like, oh, we're going to cheat. Like Kevin Sullivan came out yeah. with Arne Anderson. There was like this big, something big was meant to happen and nothing happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... They teased it. They didn't bother even trying to deliver on it. This is worse than Christian appearing on AEW as their, like, world-shattering signing. Because at least, like, you know, had Christian have run out here and people been like, what, isn't that that boy from the vampires? <laughs> um, at least it would have been something. <laughs> the boy from the vampires. That's what we're calling Christian on an AEW show from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this match was was bad. Yeah, bad. I'd actually been enjoying this Nitro as well. You know, I mean, I'm not again not blown away, but I was enjoying it way more than I had been the last 10, 12 weeks. And then this last match felt very much like, oh god, this is fucking Groundhog Day. It's just the same shit over and over again. The only the only positive, and it's a small one, is that the Giant keeps winning to build up the Giant as champ. But besides that. It's just like, why why build anything up if nothing's... Is this another situation where they book someone who can't show up on time? Or, like, what was meant to happen? Well, I would argue that this might be the... This might be the beginning of the undervaluing of the of the the heavyweight championship because this is, what, the 10th night in a row, Nitro in a row, where we've got the giant wrestling a three-minute crap match mm. to end the show like you know world heavyweight championship supposed to be special um it doesn't feel particularly special at this point yeah um like the giant needs all the reps he can get but maybe you should have been doing that on the house show circuit not on television yeah absolutely um yeah but brucey Pace says the belts are just a prop it doesn't mean anything well, there you go. You're, you're, you've proved me wrong. Uh, mm. do, you, do, you, do you want to hear what's going on on the other channel? Uh, yeah, you know, all I was going to say is you just got to watch Raw for 20 minutes to see that that is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bruce, Bruce is a very, very good booker uh, doing great work um, mm. as he, he slowly uh, drags Raw down to the, the worst it's ever been. Um, all right. On Raw in 1996, though, We've got Steve Austin defeated Mark Mero, your mate. Are you by, fucking Well, you don't like me? Mark Mero. You're a Johnny B. I'm bad a Johnny guy. B. Bad guy. I hate Mark Mero, but I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe. Who, who did you say? Who was the first name you said? Steve Austin. And some fucking nobody called Steve Austin is beating someone the caliber <laughs> of Mark Mero. <laughs> yeah, his real name's Steve Williams. I've never heard of him before. Um, not Doctor Death, Steve Williams, by the way. So, um, Imagine yeah. if that was a gimmick that he was given when he got to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be having any broken skull sessions right now. <laughs> no, Chris Jericho would not be appearing on them. Um, Savio Vega defeated the One Two Three Kid. Uh, that's six six pack X Park. Sean Waltman, uh, and Davy Boy Smith uh, fought Jake Roberts to mm. a no contest. 
Yeah. What are you watching? Uh, um, probably Nitro. Probably. I think the probably 20 Nitro. minutes of Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero is uh, just a significant selling point. And most people watch Nitro. Raw got a 2.3 rating. Nitro got a 3.1. Hello. The Macho Man segment alone was worth watching this Nitro. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it will make me, it's something that I will, <laughs> it will stay with me forever. Like, surely check the shot before you cut. And it was obviously filmed earlier in the day because <laughs> the sun's shining. Wouldn't you just, it's wouldn't you quickly have a look and be like, oh shit, we had the loading bay and shot? Because it gets adjusted halfway through the segment. That was the other thing I forgot to say. The cameraman moves the camera slightly across to the left to get the loading bay out of the shots. <laughs> oh, fuck. Macho Man doesn't do second takes. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Ooh, yeah. Um, well, I think that's probably everything there is to say about this Nitro. I think we've bled all the I blood out of this blood it. bag. <laughs> We have punctured the blood bag. <laughs> punctured them. Yeah. We've punctured that blood bag. We're like Gangrel. We are like Gangrel, Gangrel and, and, the, the, and the Vampire Boys. Boys. That's a fucking band, mate. Gangrel and the Vampire Boys. <laughs> God, cool. imagine how much money you could earn off the marks if you create a band called Gangrel yeah. and the Vampire Boys. Well, it would. I'd be upset because my band's called the Ted Mulry Gangrel. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not going to do any better than that. Let's get out of here. Uh, thanks for supporting us, guys. Uh, rate and review us on Apple iTunes or on uh, Podchaser. Uh, you can follow us on social media. You can uh, look us up on Captivate FM, who are good enough to host us. And um, until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. Awesome. <laughs>